Hi, this is Suzanne Atkinson with Try to Listen, the podcast for curious triathletes. Each episode features an interview with an athlete, coach, or scientist whose passion lies in triathlon. It's my job to uncover their story. In this episode, we'll be talking to Mark Miller, the son of Floyd Miller, who we interviewed in episode one. The whole family was in Kona for the 2016 World Championships for the Ironman. Um, When I was introduced to Floyd by his wife, who overheard an interview that I did with Joe Friel, I was very curious to get the whole family together. And so I found Mark, um, his mother tracked him down and he came over to the restaurant where we were sitting and sat down with me for about 15 minutes. So I hope you enjoy this interview. It's short and sweet. It's a nice listen to a a uh, young man who's been working hard with his triathlon skills and was able to come back to Kona for the second time. So enjoy the listen. I'm talking now with Mark Miller. Uh, we're here at Kona sitting next to the beach and uh, it's Wednesday and the race is in three days. Now, thanks for joining me, Mark. Thank you. Mark. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, where are you from, Mark? I am from Kendallville, Indiana, so the Midwest. Uh-huh. And did you grow up in Indiana? I did. I've lived my whole life in Indiana. Uh-huh. Um, we've moved around a little bit, but stayed mostly in northern Indiana. Okay. And you're here this week to do what? Race Kona. <laughs> yeah. All right. Same thing as another 2,000 athletes. Yeah. You and, and 2,000 of your best friends. Right. 1,999 exactly. best friends. Yes. Uh, and this is your second trip to Kona, right? It is. Yes. What made you want to come back? Well, I was here in 2012, and you know, I think the goal was to always do this race. And once I finally achieved that and came in uh, and accomplished that, um, it was just a, kind of almost a, um, obviously a, a life dream, I guess, uh-huh. at this point in my life. And um, I was very much satisfied. And I think the um, the drive to do the race again came probably maybe four months after doing it the first time. Yeah. You know, once the honeymoon type <laughs> of thing go, goes away, you kind of uh, just want to come back. I mean, it yeah. just, you know, it kind of calms down again and you think, gosh, I want to do something big again. Uh-huh. And what's bigger than Kona? Yeah. So, what is, I think, yeah, go ahead. What are some of the things about Kona that just has that draw for you? I think it's probably just the biggest thing that you can do in the sport that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, you know, I mean, I've, I've, obviously this has been used a lot, but it's like the, the World Series of triathlon and endurance triathlon. And so, if you're in love with the sport, and I am obviously, and many others are, this is just, I think, the race that um, people look at, they see it on TV, they um, just dream of doing this event. Yeah. So. And um, how about for you? Was there one particular aspect that made you want to come back, or is it a package of things? It was definitely a package of things. You know, uh, I'm the kind of guy that I think, uh, for one thing, I like to race in the heat. Um, uh, I think I feel like I do better maybe in the heat than... Um, others do so it gives me a better chance maybe yeah and um but i think just the the when i was here the last time in 2012 it's such a magical place the energy that that i wish you could bottle the energy that's here (laughs) race week i mean it's just incredible yeah and it's the type of thing that you you think about every day Mm -hmm. after you do the race you just Mm -hmm. wish you could have a rewind button and go back and and put yourself on the queen k again or swimming in the with the fish out there i mean it's just one of those things that you just wish that you could repeat yeah so So. the actual experience of race day itself was really meaningful 
phenomenal. Yeah, it's so surreal. You get in the water just like you watch on television, and you you know you swim out to the starting line, and you look back at the spectators, <laughs> and you think, "Gosh, I'm here. I'm doing this." Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it does get a little. Uh, you do suffer a little bit out there on the bike and on the run, but you 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 just constantly remind yourself, you know what? I'm in Kona. I mean, enjoy this. <laughs> and, you know, in a month from now, I'm going to look back at this and say, why can't I do that again? You know, and so I just tried to, you know, mentally tell myself, enjoy the moment. Yep. Don't worry about the pain you're going through, and just enjoy this because you're gonna you're gonna wish that you could relive it again sometime. Yeah. Do you have any uh, triathlon role models? Anyone that you look to for inspiration? Um, you know, I mean, there's so many role models out there right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good for the sport right now. I mean, I, you know, I would say probably uh, the person that I think I admire a lot right now is uh, Craig Alexander. He's such a, um, you know, he's a... Um, choose my words correctly here you know he's getting um, older in the sport he's done already so much for the sport um, he, he's a great example of an athlete a, a good uh, true honest athlete um, and he continues to come back and you know give back and you know sit down with athletes and talk to athletes and and things like that and um, he's done some great things as far as his training and, and um, his racing obviously and so I think I mean there's you know, obviously, people that that are here that are just as good of role models, but um, I think he's he's probably one guy that I look at that I admire a lot. Yeah, um, you said that after you did the race in 2012, mm-hmm. you took a full year off of training. Yes. Tell us what that was like, and what did that do for you mentally and physically? Yeah. So my my build up to kind of qualifying in in 2012 was about three years of solid kind of solid training and racing, and you know I I tried to qualify each of those three years and missed, and then on the third year finally. Uh, qualified for Kona so I did uh, Kona for uh, in 2012 and it was just a it was uh, after you know the second and third year of the trying and the racing and the letdown of not getting there and and then finally doing it it was just uh, I needed a break from from racing and, and from training also uh, it's a hard sport. It's hard on your body, and um, yeah, I think you're you're mentally you just need that time off. And yeah. um, I got to tell you, that year that I took off was great for yeah. my mind and my body and my family, and um, there was just so many positive things. Um, you know, from being away from the just the everyday training type of a thing and striving for that, you know, gotta do Kona thing, and mm-hmm. so it was a great, it was a great break. Yeah, um, did my mind and my body a lot of good. Good. So. And then when you started back up training, um, you said you're working with a coach. Yes, so you I called him up and said, "Hey, coach, I've got a year. Get me back." Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I said, "I think I want to start racing again," and and he said, "Good. Well, let's get started." And I I said, "Okay, but." I want to try to go for Kona again this year. So, and I knew taking a year off, I'm starting kind of from scratch. Yeah. And so I, I he said, okay, great. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of think maybe he thought under his, you know, under his breath, okay, yeah, let's think realistically here. But um, you know, he's a, he's a great guy, great coach. Uh-huh. Um, I wish What's I could give him uh, Zach Rubel. Okay. Professional triathlete himself, mm-hmm. um, but I, I've been coached by him for well during my three years build up to Kona last time. Yeah. And he just knows me well enough and what I can take and uh, he does a fabulous job prepping you training you and then even race week leading up to it you know how to taper you and things like that so he's done a great job and what are some of the things that you did over this past year to to qualify that were lessons learned from your first bout Um, I think probably the um, what Heath 
he kind of felt like with me was the fitness, even though I took a year off, the fitness would come back quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to, um, the differences of this year's training versus before, I think, was maybe a, um, the key workouts that we would do, the intense workouts, the long key workouts that we would do, we would do those fewer times but with okay. and with more recovery in between. Okay. So maybe um, we wouldn't do as much volume with those workouts but we'd have and we'd have good recovery time between times and, so, and it worked great actually yeah. so it was easier on me mentally because I know knowing getting back into training again and, and this build-up that was one thing I kind of almost dreaded was the those long. workouts yeah um, you mean you dreaded the long workouts or you dreaded um, the intensity both you know those hurt yeah. those workouts hurt <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you know, you kind of know what you're getting into with those, and it's one of those things where you're like reluctant. Do I really want to do this again? And mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to get to Kona like I did, I just you just know you got to do them. Yeah, so, it worked for you last yeah. time, and it worked again. Absolutely. Can you give us an example of one of those workouts? Um, one of the key workouts he would do would be a kind of it's kind of a um, a test, and we call them a four-hour hammer session. Mm -hmm. And basically, you get on your bike, you warm up for five or ten minutes, and then you just hammer it for. Uh, on the trainer for um, four, four and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's it's a brain buster. I mean, it's it's difficult to produce that type of an effort on a, a compu trainer. And yeah. you're looking at your watts, you're trying to go for your best effort on the, on the trainer. And when you're done, you just basically fall off that bike. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's really, it's a hard session and it's uh -huh. a long session. So <laughs> they're not ones. I mean, they're ones that you get done with it, and then the next day you dread next week because there's going to be another, be another one. one. Yeah. yeah so. I, I imagine that gives you some mental performance aspects as well. Yeah. Um, I train alone most of the time, mm -hmm. and um, I, I don't listen to an iPod when I train, and I try to um, uh, resemble racing as much as possible. So yeah. if I'm on the trainer, I usually don't listen to music. If I'm out running long runs or something like that, I usually try not to listen to an iPod, or and I try to do those workouts alone because you know in a race, alone in the race, it's the way it's going to be. So yeah, yeah. great. Um, I had the chance to talk with your dad earlier, mm -hmm. and um, his version of the story is that the two of you started running together when you were about five or six. Yeah, you yeah. did your first five k. Yeah, first five k. I think. Um, I, my memory of it realistically is probably when I was eight years old probably and it, maybe it was because that's when I started entering races and being more competitive as an eight-year-old yeah. and so um, but yeah I think I started running with him technically when I was younger than that and mm -hmm. um, he's yeah I, he's the guy that got me into running and it's always been a, a love of mine and I didn't get into triathlons until after I was out of college and uh -huh. um, kind of looking for something different to do but yeah. I've always been a runner and that's my favorite event of the triathlon so do you think you'll ever be able to get your dad to do a triathlon with you I tried yeah I tried <laughs> I think he would love to do one I think um, probably like most people getting into the sport if you don't have a um, a history with swimming mm -hmm. it's probably the thing you fear most mm -hmm. and so I think that's probably his hold up in doing one is yeah. just the swimming aspect of it but I think he'd love to be able to do one yeah well so. I encouraged him to uh, to think about it since the maybe he's transitioning away from traveling so much for yeah. his marathons yes. But, uh, yes it's a great um, great father-son yeah. connection you guys have he's been all over the world with running and marathons and the seven continents and all that and uh -huh. um, you know he's definitely got the running down and I, I know he could do the biking and I keep trying to encourage him to, to mm -hmm. get in the pool and look 
just yeah. learn how to swim and you'll well, be fine. So. I gave him a business card of mine. Swim, good. S- swimming is my specialty. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. That's a good start. <laughs> we'll get him hooked up. Maybe the two of you can be here together somewhere. Yeah, that would be great. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks I'd for love joining it. me. Yeah, Appreciate thank it. you very much. Thanks for tuning in today. Our interviews are uninterrupted and ad-free. So if you'd like to help support the show, you can head over to our website, trytolisten.com. That's T-R-I, the number two, the word listen.com. Or you could go to the Patreon site. Both of those are linked in the show description. We appreciate any support and we appreciate any feedback you have on the show. I hope you'll join us for our next interview in episode three with Joe Friel. I interviewed Joe Friel the week before the 2016 Ironman World Championships in Kona. So while the interview itself is a few years old, I think the information is timeless. I had an opportunity to pick his brain about how he does the research for all the books that he's published. And if you're not familiar with Joe Friel's series of books, um, well, then you probably haven't been a triathlete for very long. Um, He's written the Training Bible series with books about cycling training, mountain bike training, triathlon training. He's updated his original books with the latest scientific evidence, and his most recent book is about being fast after 50. I think you'll really enjoy his insights and the methodology that he uses to keep himself up to date so that he can publish these books for people like you and I. Finally, one of the best things that you can do for us is leave us a great review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends and any triathletes that you know. 